You're listening to Hands-On Security, Hunter's Hands-On Security Podcast. Cybersecurity, up close and practical. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Hunter's Hands-On Security Podcast. My name is Dvir Sayag, and I'm your host. Today, we have a really special episode for a very special finding. If you are an AWS customer, and most chances that you are, hear this out carefully. Hunter's research team discovered a technique that allows attackers to obfuscate the use of stolen credentials inside AWS. Needless to say, this has various security implications. We went through the finding with the AWS team, so please stay tuned to hear the details. We will also discuss general AWS and other cloud environment security tips. With me here today is Eliav Levy, the first security researcher at Hunters and one of the best people that I know. <laughs> Eliav is the one who's actually discovered the AWS technique that we are discussing today. Eliav, are you alive? I'm alive, I'm here. Eliav is alive and he's breathing, everyone just can be calm. <laughs> uh, how is the weather today, Eliav? Uh, it's great, getting warmer. Yeah, it Sunny is. Day. We can go to the beach later on. <laughs> uh, okay, so please introduce yourself. So uh, in the security world, uh, I was uh, five years in the intelligence unit uh, of the Israeli Defense Force as a network security researcher, three years as a researcher, and two years as a team leader. And I finished my service in 2018. And after a couple of months of vacation, I started working at Hunters as uh, the first employee, which was Ooh. interesting. How is it to be the first employee of something? It's crazy. Really a wild experiment, uh, experience. I'm really, it's not one I thought I wanted originally, but I'm really, really glad I did it. So before we dive into the technical details of the technique, how did your research history get you to, <laughs> to research AWS and then discover this newly technique that we are talking about? Yeah, so before Hunters, I, my main research focus was really enterprise networks, more classical uh, and old school networks. I really didn't know anything about cloud. It was like this buzzword. <laughs> what uh, is that's cloud? all I know, like the cloud. Uh, but when I started researching in Hunters, we thought and decided that the first thing that we should research really would be AWS because we saw how prominent it is and how many companies are moving and shifting all their workloads in all different parts of their organization to AWS. So we thought that would be an interesting place to start, to start researching. So I, I dived in. You just went into it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Eliav, let's discuss the new technique that you found. It basically combines two legitimate AWS features, the CloudTrail logging feature and the uh, VPC feature. Attackers can use these two features to create a powerful way to spoof their IP address, to hide themselves uh, the IP address that is logged to the CloudTrail victim's logs. They are doing that by creating, in the VPC, you can create uh, your own EC2 instance and VPC endpoint, and you can choose the IP address. This is just a, a legitimate thing that AWS provides. So attackers can choose the legitimate uh, the IP address that they want for the EC2 instance, and then they tunnel the communication from the EC2 instance to the VPC endpoint to the Victims account, the service that they want to compromise, let's say it's an S3 service, 
So they, from the VPC endpoint, they tunnel the communication with the stolen access uh, key that they retrieved from before to the S3 bucket of the victim's account. In the end, what the CloudTrail logs in the victim's account will show is the EC2 instance IP address that the attacker chose from before, which is a powerful thing. So did I get this right, Aliyav? Exactly. So you described it perfect. So that's basically it. So let's explain how an attacker would, would, would do it. So assuming an attacker already gained some sort of API credentials belonging to a victim's AWS account. So the attacker would need to create his own AWS account, which is really easy. All you need is an email address and, and a, a credit, credit card. card. <laughs> yeah. So that's not, that's not hard to do. And in that account, to create a VPC, a virtual private cloud network. And when you create the VPC, to select uh, the private IP range of that VPC to be a range that includes the IP address that he wants that will be shown in the end in the, in the victim's cloud trail logs. And in that VPC, then you need to create two things. One is an EC2 instance and give that instance the exact IP that you want to show in the logs. From that instance, he'll later make the AWS API calls with the stolen credentials. And besides the instance, to create a VPC endpoint, which is a wonderful AWS feature that allows you to make AWS API calls to the AWS uh, server endpoints directly within AWS infrastructure without actually leaving the, to going out to the internet or leaving the VPC boundaries at all. And that's how the combination of these two features, that's um, all that needs to be done. So the attacker would just use the stolen credentials from the instance he created through the VPC endpoint he created in that VPC. And then in the victim's cloud tray logs, the source IP address that would have been logged for those API calls is actually the private IP address of the instance he created, which is, the, as we remember, the IP address that he picked to be whatever IP. What kind wants. of IP addresses uh, can you pick? Like, what are the options? So actually, it surprised me, but you can pick, pick almost any IP v4 address. So I imagine it would only be internal IP addresses, like 10.0.0, that subnet, and 172.16, etc. But you can pick any IP address you want, any public IP address. There are only very few exclusions. There are maybe three subnets you can't use. For example, 169.254.0.0, that subnet you can't. Uh, we wrote in our blog post exactly that we published on this technique, uh, the exact subnets you can't use. But besides those very few exclusions, you can use any private or public IP address um, that you wish. So I can also blame the attack, uh, the compromising account on someone else, like if I choose his IP address. Exactly. You can really mislead organizations that way. You can, for example, pick an IP address, a public internet IP address that belongs to some third-party security provider that uh, many organizations uh, employ or buy, buy their product. So it would make you think that, ah, yeah, this activity, it's coming from that, that product that literally what they do is auditing and discovery behavior in my, in my account, et cetera. Yeah, it's fine. I'm sure it's fine. It's not an attacker. My criminal mind is going wild right now <laughs> <laughs> of all the stuff that you can do with it. Yeah, you can mislead to 
for example, the, if you have the IP, home IP address of, the, of like the IT manager of the organization you're attacking, then you can blame him and, or mislead investigations, direct them, the investigations toward him and many, many, many different things you can do. Yeah, so I know it sounds fun when we are talking about it with a <laughs> smile, but it is a strong uh, technique that can seriously damage and uh, not allow you to, to do your job, to do your security job, to uh, mitigate and to find attackers uh, online. So what can you do? So the first step uh, always in detection or investigation is always visibility. You need the, to have the logs in order to detect something in the logs. So Visibility, amen, I hear you, man. That's always critical. So you need to know that you're logging everything and all you want in CloudTrail, etc., all the best configurations. So that's the first, or even the zero step. Um, that was a bad programming <laughs> joke. Um, <laughs> then, uh, in regards to this technique specifically, um, there are a couple of ways you can try and detect this using CloudTrail logs. Uh, the first is that when this technique is used, then there is a field uh, in the CloudTrail logs called VPC endpoint ID, which is populated with the VPC endpoint through which the API calls were made. So this is actually the only remnant of the usage of this technique because the source IP address can be manipulated or picked, like we said, and the user agent field as well, it's by design, can be uh, picked by the attacker, by the person doing the API call. So looking at this VPC endpoint ID field is, is critical. So one detection can be to detect any API call with a populated VPC endpoint ID field, but that the source IP address doesn't fit any of the VPC IP address private ranges in the VPCs you use in your organization. So that could be a relatively simple detection. Um, however, it doesn't help detecting with usages of this technique that use uh, an IP that is a valid uh, private IP address in one of your VPCs, that's much harder to detect. One way to try detecting it is using anomaly behavior, for example, detecting uh, a new VPC endpoint ID being used in your organization for the first time. But obviously, as an anomaly detection, it's much harder. Wait, wait. So if I have like GuardDuty or, or other SIMs uh, or other security products, is it enough? I mean, I think that it should be enough. So the thing is that this technique can not only mislead like the organization security team, but it can also mislead any security product that uses CloudTrail logs for detection or investigation purposes. So for example, GuardDuty themselves, Amazon's uh, own uh, security offering above CloudTrail logs and other types of logs can also possibly be fooled by the usage of this technique. Um, so any basically product or detection method that uses CloudTrail logs and looks solely on the source IP address for detecting things or for investigating things can be misled by the usage of this technique, which is why the most comprehensive way of actually detecting this technique is to, additionally to the detections we offered, is to correlate these threat signals with other logs from different surfaces. Yeah. We know that correlating always makes things easier for, to detect uh, several like uh, bad behaviors. And we know that XDR is one of the uh, only products that do it automatically to actually correlate between uh, several uh, like identity logs and ideal logs and firewall logs. 
uh, and the specific like cloud logs uh, that uh, we get from uh, guard duty and from CloudTrail. Um, so yeah. Definitely. In this specific example, correlating these threat signals with identity logs or EDR logs belonging to the users whose cr credentials were compromised is really critical. Did you talk with AWS about it? Yeah, so we, uh, we talked ab about it with them before we published it. Um, they were very professional. It was wonderful talking with them. They responded also very quickly. Uh, and we, re we really got on a call with them and discussed this finding and this technique. And their response made lots of sense. It's, it's really true is that AWS has many, many features. And these features are being used by all, there's so many customers to do really amazing things. And in general, not only in AWS, but every system, every surface, any whatever um, technological concept that always has features can be used for good, but can also be misused for bad by attackers. So really, the thing here that, that can be done is only detection, basically, and also in increasing your posture, but it's mainly detecting it after the fact, because these this technique uses very basic and core concepts and features in AWS. So there's not much to do um, there. It's more about how you detect the usage of this technique. Yeah, and I remember this call like it was yesterday. <laughs> uh, and I remember that they agreed with us that cloud is not enough. Like logs are not enough. You need like you need an XDR. You need something that correlates. Uh, yeah, yeah. So so that was really the point that looking at just uh, just these logs, especially when so much of it can be changed, like we see in the technique, you really have to connect lots of threat signals together to be sure that what you see is an attack and malicious indeed. Okay, now so now let's move on to my favorite part when uh, I ask you about uh, AWS tips in general. So mm -hmm. if I'm a security analyst or researcher or someone who wants to get into the AWS business, if I'm a SOC operator, for example, mm -hmm. in my own like uh, company and I want to get better at AWS, uh, what tips and tricks would you recommend for me to do? So that's a great question. So basically, based on at least my experience with AWS, what I would suggest is, first of all, if you don't have familiarity with uh, the cloud or what cloud service providers do, which I was before I started researching AWS, then start by, by getting to know that, understanding what the cloud is and actually what cloud service providers are and why, are, why and how organizations use that, uh, them to uh, turn it into, from a buzzword to understanding actually the basic concepts of what they are and what they provide. Uh, there are lots of online resources for those on YouTube, et cetera. It's very, there's lots of information about that. Uh, afterwards, more specifically about AWS, I think it's important to get to know CloudTrail better, understanding how it works, what it logs, what are the different fields in CloudTrail, looking at the logs, playing with logs, uh, simulating perhaps attack techniques and seeing how they appear in logs, or even just looking at legitimate sessions and understanding how things you do in AWS are logged and how they seem from the logging perspective. Uh, and then really the next step is getting to know attack techniques better, looking at MITRE ATT&CK and uh, other blog posts published by different security products online on different attack techniques you can see and get a bit to know what attackers would do in an environment and maybe even simulate some of those yourself in, in a test environment and see how they're logged in AWS. That should be um, a lot to 
get you jump-started into understanding how mm -hmm. CloudJ works, how AWS works, and how uh, you can go on later in detecting threats in AWS. So detecting, like give us examples of detections uh, that uh, you've written before about AWS security. So a few interesting examples from our recent research. Um, one of them is uh, exfiltration of secrets from AWS. So AWS has a wonderful service out of their hundreds of services, just called the Secrets Manager. So it's basically for storing secrets, that passwords, credentials, you know, for databases, for, for anything. Does it give you wine when you get in? <laughs> why, why, why? <laughs> because when you drink wine, all your secrets come uh, out. So. <laughs> no, sadly not. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised if AWS would come out with a new uh, wine with as a, a service. Uh, yeah, they're incredible. Wine uh, as a service. So we, we need to make a startup about it. Oh, yeah. 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 That, that'll be the next thing we do. The next thing we do. <laughs> so, so it's really, the secrets manager is really useful for organizations. But it's also a wonderful target for attackers because yeah. you have so many very important and sensitive secrets or credentials stored there. That would be a really wonderful target for an attacker that just lands in an AWS environment. So an interesting detection there would be to see if credentials are being used to access list and then access secrets in a strange or abnormal way. For example, someone lists secrets and then retrieves a large amount of secrets in a short period of time, then that can be indicative of an attacker that gained credentials is trying to see what passwords are stored there and to try and get many of them as possible. So that's, a, that's one interesting uh, detection. Um, and another interesting detection that our customers uh, really like is, it's more of a hygiene detection, is uh, login to, detecting logins to the AWS web console without uh, any MFA or without having gone through an uh, any SAML provider. Um, for example, Okta won't log in any identity provider. And basically, this helps detecting any legacy users that were created in the past or any users that for some reason don't have MFA on them or service users that have web console login enabled. And these usually are very bad practice in security. And this really helps pinpointing on specific users that should be changed either um, have MFA enabled or disable their, their IAM user from logging into the web console. This, this is a really um, uh, an, uh, a critical pain point that of credentials that can be stolen and attackers, if they compromise these credentials using phishing, for example, they can immediately use these credentials then in AWS without any additional security factors. So it's also, these are very important to, to know about when they happen. I also know that you worked on like Mitra, cloud Mitra attack uh, framework uh, of your own lately. Uh, can you explain about, explain about it a little bit? Yeah, so, so the funny thing is that when we started working about AWS, then Mitra didn't have a cloud attack matrix yet. Uh, they uh, published one, uh, the first version, uh, like nine or eight months ago, which is really great. Uh, but we had it before we started working on AWS before. So we actually started building kind of like our own, uh, matrix, exactly the same format of how MITRE does it. And we just gathered lots of techniques we saw from the internet that different companies, uh, published about, for example, Rhino, Rhino security labs published uh, wonderful, uh, write-ups about lots of interesting, uh, security techniques. So, so we gathered that for, for our own and once, uh, MITRE 
created and published their own first version of the cloud matrix, then we're now working on actually providing them with uh, and, and sending them these techniques also that we've gathered from other companies that's just been published in the internet and also sharing with them our own proprietary techniques that we found, uh, including the one we discussed uh, earlier. Yeah, we really think that other companies, other, uh, the entire uh, security uh, like uh, community can use this kind of techniques that uh, we've talked about. Definitely. As the golden standard of security techniques, I wish I had this matrix uh, when I just started working. So it's yeah. very, very valuable. Yeah. Um, do you have any more tips, any like more stuff that you want to tell before we finish the, the podcast? So uh, I think the last tip I would give is um, that if you don't feel comfortable with, the, with AWS environment and still have it in your organization, then really spending some time on learning how it works and how CloudTrail is logged and what is logged there about the events, I think gives a better understanding and helps, will help you make better decisions on in your SOC and in which products you want to buy and understanding where you're more covered and where you're less covered. So that's like uh, the, a basic understanding will go a long way in helping you make better decisions, even if you don't have much effort to put into that. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's one thing. And the second thing I wanted to say, uh, if anyone wants to reach out, I'll be more than happy to. Uh, you can write me at eliav at hunters.ai for anything AWS related. If you want to talk to me about techniques or, or anything else, I'll be really happy um, to talk. So just feel free to reach out. Amazing. Really feel free. Eliav will answer everything that uh, you guys write to him. Um, I had so much fun having you on the podcast, Eliav. Yeah, it was great. Thanks uh, for having me. Of course, of course. Tell your friends to come. <laughs> uh, they're also my friends, so it, it's easy. Um, I, had a, I had a lot of fun, and uh, have a good day, everyone. This was Hands-On Security. Everything you need to know about cybersecurity, up close and practical.